0: Like the 10th movie in the fast and furious franchise or the unnecessary expansion of the Hobbit into three movies, the architects of the COVID era and narrative just won't let the story die. We know it's past its best before date yet they hold on to fear and propaganda and continue to tell us we need jabs masks, and we need to trust the science from new censorship to woke bylaws and legislation. We have several other stories to cover regarding what's going on in Canada and how we must think about and respond to the totalitarianism of the left. And it's mailbag day. We have one special letter from someone in our audience that we want to highlight because it shows us an example of how Christians can engage in the political sphere, even if they don't actually run for office themselves. Friends, this is going to be the last episode of Liberty Dispatch. We'll be recording until the beginning of September. Now, before you curl up into the fetal position and cry uncontrollably, as I'm sure many of you are doing presently, we won't leave you stranded. We have two weeks of exclusive interviews coming up. Most of them have never been released before. Don't ever say we don't do anything nice for you. It's August 17th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is Liberty Dispatch.
1: Hey, hey, and welcome back to Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. We're so thankful that you have joined us yet again on the program. Always a reminder that our programs are brought to you in partnership between Liberty Coalition Canada and a Christian week. LCC exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand and Christian week exists to provide a practical, balanced, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. All our content can be found at the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. That's flfnetwork.com or over on their app On Demand, uh, which you can get at the Google Play or the Apple App Stores. We would definitely suggest you go and check that out. It's a great piece of technology. Also, all things Liberty Coalition Canada are at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Go over there, sign up for our email list. Please make sure you do that so you can stay up to date with what we're doing and get in contact with us directly, especially in light of some of the stories we're going to touch on uh, later in the episode. And if you do appreciate our programming, we would ask that you'd Prayerfully consider leaving us a donation uh, over at our website libertycoalitioncanada.com dot com slash donate. You can scan that helpful QR code as well. You can also leave anonymous Bitcoin donations. Thanks to our friends at Bull Bitcoin, they've really helped us out there too. So if you're sick of fiat. If you're done with that, but you still want to support us, you can go over there and leave those donations through Bitcoin, uh, the new uh, medium there. So please uh, be sure to go over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate click on the analysis and show box so you can get a tax deductible um you can leave a tax deductible donation to ensure that our shows keep building and growing that we can push back against the mainstream media their crazy narrative and still get our content out there despite what social media is trying to do in cracking down and censoring all these things in wake of some recent uh, litigation legislation that's gone on in canada so andrew today is a mailbag day but before we get into a mailbag question for today for our listeners to ponder we want to touch on some housekeeping things around the podcast before we get into the thick of things for the episode so maybe you could lead us through some of those things
0: Sure. So some of the housekeeping options, we need to mention, first of all, the Spark Leadership Conference that is happening on October 31st to November 1st in uh, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. So that's just several months away. The conference will be platforming Canadian stories which highlight and illustrate the current evangelistic, legal and cultural challenges facing the church in North America. Hopefully, it'll spark the American church into flame through the testimonies of walking according to the Word of God in the context of secular authoritarianism. It'll create and support partnerships between Canadian and American pastors and expose Christians to great teaching and godly examples. Speakers at the conference will include our own Dr. Michael Tyson, Dr. Joseph Boot, Pastor Tim Stevens, Pastor Nate Wright, and our chief litigator, James Kitchen, you can find out more at sparkconferences.org and if you go slash registration you can sign up. It's $50 for the one day. That's $50 American, so I think that's something like $300 Canadian. Is that what it <laughs> translates to at this point? I don't know just how worth worthless our dollars is yet. It's not that much. It's not that much, but yeah. we want to encourage you. Head over to sparkconferences.org. Check it out. If you are an American listener, we strongly encourage you to attend. If you're a Canadian listener and you're available and you're you know not too far away from south carolina then check it out head to the conference it's going to be good so that's the first south carolina
1: is a very beautiful place to vacation too it's especially really hot fall. well it's it's it's, it's pretty hot. it's it's pretty hot but in fall it'll just be a beautiful scenic uh, place to go nice. spend spend a week so suggest you go do that So that is the first announcement that
0: we wanted to mention and we're going to be highlighting that over the next couple months the second one is as i mentioned in the Mm -hmm. lead-in we will not be recording any more liberty dispatch episodes for the next two weeks because of moving and vacationing and other personal items that is none of your business so that's why (laughs) we won't be recording over the next two weeks but yeah we have planned for that. We, we've we anticipated that. And so what we are going to do is next week, we will be highlighting documentaries on our Tuesday and Thursday episodes. So for our Tuesday episode, mm-hmm. we will be having interviews regarding the essential church documentary that Grace Community Church just put out recently that now you can actually get the DVD and Blu ray pre sales for.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so we have an episode where I got to interview the director, Shannon Halliday, and also pastors James Coates and Tim Stevens, who are featured in the documentary. So Tuesday's episode will be an Essential Church documentary interview episode. It was a really, really good one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then Thursday, what we'll be doing is we'll be re releasing some interviews we did with Jeremy Bundy who's the director of Antichrist and His Ruin, and Pastor Jacob Reom featured prominently in the documentary. So next week is documentary interviews episodes for you. Uh, The following week, so this will be the last week of August into the first week of September, we have two exclusive episodes that we've recorded that we've kind of been sitting on waiting for the right time to release. Mm -hmm. I don't know which day will be which, but we have an interview with Dr. Scott Masson on transhumanism. A very informative and important interview and discussion we had with him. And we also had a lengthy discussion with Bruce Party, who's been on the show several times regarding the constitutional crisis in Canada and really how we are to understand our courts and Mm. our kind of founding documents and how to make sense of what's going on in the legal realm in Canada. So,
1: which though was recorded a, treat- a while ago, it helps explain a lot of what we've seen in just yeah, over the past very, week,
0: right? Very very timely yeah uh, and still very much pertinent. So, exactly. you are in a treat you are in for a treat for the next two weeks. Lots of really good interviews and then we will be lord willing back recording new episodes once we get past Labor Day into the mm-hmm. first week of September. So, That's it for housekeeping. Question. Would you ever purchase a home without first seeing it? Of course not. Your family home is a long-term investment in your family's future that requires careful consideration and research. It's time to think about your other investments the same way. Rocklink Investment Partners carefully researches each and every security they place in your portfolio. They focus on creating portfolios of high-quality assets customized to your needs of protecting and growing your wealth efficiently and ethically. Say goodbye to cookie-cutter strategies like index funds and ETFs that are difficult to understand and are controlled by a handful of firms that do not share your values. Give our friends at Rocklink a call at 905-631-5462 or send them an email, info at rocklink.com. Or you can visit them, www.rocklink.com. That's link with a C. Now, if you're like me, you know that COVID hasn't actually been a serious thing for several years now. It was Mm -hmm. maybe kind of serious (laughs) for a week or so when we were buying into that Imperial College number. But very soon as we started seeing things unfold and different studies and different numbers and the reality started clicking in, we realized, you know what, it's really not as serious and it hasn't been for a while. Now, maybe you're someone who realizes that now, but you were late to join the tinfoil army. So you you bought the narrative hook, line and sinker for the first year, year and a half. And then you've realized, hold on a second, this something is fishy here. And so now you are on the side of the conspiracy theorists. However, there are still people who live in fear Of what is statistically as bad as a moderate flu. Our elites do not want to give up on this COVID narrative. Now maybe it's because there's still more money to be made. Which is probably the case. Maybe it's because there's still power to be gained. By dividing people and making them afraid. Could be some of that too. Whatever the reasons. They want to hold on to COVID. Like men in the throes of a midlife crisis. It's sad. Pathetic. And they just need to move on with their lives. Exhibit A is our new federal health minister, Mark Holland.
2: Uh, so, first of all, we're monitoring the situation very closely, uh, obviously with EG5 and uh, the, the various uh, subvariants of Omicron. Uh, we're uh, evaluating uh, uh, on a daily basis uh, what the case count is and what the trajectory is. This is fully expected. Uh, we knew that, uh, that as we lead into fall uh, that we'll see an increase in, uh, in the case count. Uh, the, 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 the critical thing right now is for everybody to get their vaccinations up to date, uh, for people to take appropriate uh, health precautions uh, but uh, you know in terms of our readiness uh, we are uh, we are ready and working with not only our provincial and territorial partners but international partners on monitoring and are ready to take action as is, uh, as is needed as this uh, situation evolves
1: great and thank you for mentioning vaccines uh, the second question is beer public health saying a new vaccine that helps with the latest variant is coming in the fall given that should people, Wait, or should people get their shot now?
2: Well, you know, we just saw a report that looked at hybrid that looked at hybrid immunity across Canada. Uh, and showed that, that the practices and approaches that we've taken are incredibly effective, among the most effective in the world, and led us to have one of the lowest death rates in the world. As res- in fact, it's estimated that, uh, that uh, using vaccines saved in Canada about 800,000 lives, which is incredibly significant. Uh, people should uh, be getting, keeping their vaccines updated, and uh, the data and science, as we move through this process, are evidence of that. My advice is that people keep up with that regime, There will consistently be new variants and we will consistently have new vaccines. So I think when you are eligible and able to get a vaccine, uh, you should take it. Uh, That when there are new vaccines are available and it's your time, then that's the appropriate thing to do. But I don't think people should hesitate in getting vaccinated at any
1: time. Whoa, there it is. Those are all lies. Those are all every, every
0: everything that came out of his mouth is a lie. And we have shown that they're lies and we've demonstrated that they're lies with receipts. So I just want to I just want to highlight a few so we don't forget cuz you see that and you think wow, the proper and the flag like everything he said was a lie. We looked at a meta-analysis from the National Library of Medicine looking at 40 studies across 38 countries showing that the median global infection fatality rate for COVID for people under seventy is between 003 percent and 007 percent. The jabs did the jabs didn't do anything. The jabs did not st- save eight hundred thousand lives in Canada. That's preposterous. There's just, no, 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 no. That's that is statistically a made up fairy tale number. He could have he could have said, "Oh yeah, the jabs save eight hundred thousand lives," and also rainbow unicorns flying across the sky, uh, drop Skittles from the clouds. And like, it's same thing. It, those those are the exact same thing. Okay, we looked at a meta-analysis from the Cochrane Library, looking at 78 randomized controlled studies, concluding that both surgical masks and N95s appear to have little to no effect in stopping the spread of respiratory viruses. And we also looked at a study from the MDPI, the Multidisciplinary Digital Publishing Institute, found that repeated mRNA injections lead to immune tolerance as in negative immunity and things such as autoimmune disorders. So everything he said was a lie. And we have the receipts and the studies to back it up. And yet they still double and triple down on the COVID narrative. They push the jabs, even though they offer tacit admission that they don't fully understand what they do and how they affect the human body. What do I mean by that? Well, Glenn Jung from Bright Light News had an excellent interview with Dr. Byron Bridle discussing the McGill University, essentially admitting that they have no idea where the spike protein goes and what it does in the body once it enters through the injection site. So this is just a portion of that interview highlighting this release from McGill University. Where Dr. Bridal shows us that they're admitting that they really don't know where it goes when it leaves the injection site. Oh, and they also don't know how much of it is going into the human
3: body from dose to dose. A press release was made by McGill University very proudly about an extended collaboration with the company Moderna. They have a, a project number two that is fun, going to be funded by Moderna. It's called Characterization and Quality Control of Lipid Nanoparticles. Now, I was aghast when I read this. One of the professors at McGill University is undertaking a study to characterize lipid nanoparticles so that their specific size and payload distribution may be better understood. What do they mean by payload distribution? They're saying, where do the, where do the messenger RNAs get delivered in the body? Two years ago, Glenn, I raised the issue publicly that I had found evidence from Pfizer's data that had been submitted to the Japanese Health Regulatory Agency that we had been publicly lied to that these uh, shots did not stay at the injection site, but rather did what I knew they were designed to do and had been doing for the decade leading up to the release of these products, which is that they got systemically distributed, systemic biodistribution, My career was destroyed for saying that. I said that this is evidence that this may be happening, and we need to do research. We need to stop the rollout of these shots, and we need to do the research to see if this is or is not happening in people. Moderna is now funding a study to do exactly what I proposed two years ago. Can you even believe it? (laughs) And how do Canadians feel right now knowing that Moderna, after they've done this global rollout to the entire population, that they're saying, you know what? We need to understand where these lipid nanoparticles the mRNAs go on the body. This is an open admission that they do not understand this. They do not understand this basic concept. This is the science that should have been done way before this went into a public rollout. Now get this, it doesn't end there. Standard techniques cannot simultaneously quantify the size and payload of individual lipid nanoparticles and thus only averages are measured. You know what that means, Glenn? These lipid nanoparticles, these little fat bubbles that they've used as this vaccine technology, they vary in size. Some of them are very small, some of them are very large. It, what this is also saying is some of these lipid nanoparticles have no messenger RNAs in them, which means they cannot function as a vaccine at all. Some of them have one messenger RNA in them. Some of them have multiple messenger RNAs. They have no idea. And so what that means is the dose on the vials that people have been getting, the dose of the mRNA, that is the average dose. That is the average dose. What they're admitting here is that from batch to batch, if you get a vial from two different batches that have been manufactured, they are admitting almost inevitably the doses are going to be fundamentally different. Overall, they are aiming for an average dose of what is published on the on the vial. Never in our history have we rolled out to the global population any drug that if, for which a physician is unable to administer a defined dose. That should scare people. They're openly admitting that they were not able to properly control the dose of these mRNAs that people were receiving. That is egregious. Now they're going to do the research to address it. Are you serious?
1: wow 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 what a telling clip and that's what people need to uh understand by this story is essentially mcgill has admitted that they need to investigate you know years after rolling out this vaccine how the spike protein is distributed in the body because they don't know and they only have Not a precise calculation, but only an average of how much mRNA enters the body in each injection, because they don't know. I mean, alarm bells should be sounding in everybody's mind. It has been almost three years of forcing and coercing these jabs on people, and yet they tacitly admit they had no idea... What it actually did in the body, how it traveled, how much of it was in each dose going into people. That is astonishing. Yet, obviously, that will not stop more and more jabs to deal with these scary variants. We're seeing our health administers push it. This is from The Independent in the UK. Quote, update... Updated COVID vaccines are expected to become available in the U.S. Uh, next month as a r- alarms grow over a new variant dubbed Eris. Healthcare providers are grappling with a rise in hospitalizations stemming from COVID inje- infections. Eris is... Or EG51, a subvariant of Omicron that originally emerged in late 2021 now accounts for around 17% of current COVID cases, according to the CDC. The article goes on to say that this new variant comes as companies are getting ready to roll out new jabs for the Omicron variant. That's two years too late. And, Andrew, I think given what we've seen here, the incompetence and corruption as it uh, pertains to the the vaccinations is astounding. And the fact that our government officials can be so reckless in continuing to push this false narrative that somehow these uh, injections that they don't even know what they're essentially doing, wh- how much they're giving to people, that they're saving hundreds of thousands of lives despite you know uh, studies that show very much uh, their ineffectiveness and I- incapability to do just that. It is truly astonishing. It's especially astonishing since why do we care about hospitalizations? Who's dying from COVID? The, n- the numbers have always been astonishing low, but now they're virtually you know indistinguishable from the the common cold right and yet we still have public health officials pushing vaccinations for a common cold that mutates and uh, that different variants come on way faster than they can ever vaccinate against that's why no vaccines have been able to stop the common cold or the flu because of the way that it mutates and evolves yet This will not stop our public health officials, the supposed science believers, from pushing ineffective, dangerous, and ultimately just unknown gene therapies on on their citizens. It's it's truly, truly, truly egregious, especially in light of the fact that we absolutely, and this is indisputable, no one will dispute this, know that... (laughs) that natural immunity is the best immunity that you could possibly have. And yet, here we are, Andrew, 2023, the same narrative, the same fear mongering, the same pushing these jabs. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, the, the the hospitalization fear tactic, maybe was more effective early on as the jabs were being introduced. Mm-hmm. But if if numbers if even Health Canada or Ontario public health numbers, which you can't find on the website anymore, were any indication about a year ago, there's a good chance that even though hospitalizations for COVID are up, somewhere between 80 to 90% of those people who are hospitalized with COVID have have received at least two shots of a COVID injection. So (laughs) how's that for effectiveness? Okay, hospitalizations are up, yeah, but who's in the hospital, Yeah, right? Hospitals are not full of people Who've never received mm-hmm. a COVID shot, who've probably developed natural immunity,
1: and are they in in the hospital because of COVID or with uh, or with COVID yeah. like that? All that these the... they just they
0: just they re they 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 rehash the terms and the phrases and the ideas that they have before now mm-hmm. n- knowing now that the PCR test is garbage. Uh, the difference between with COVID and from COVID. It throws everything in for a wrench. The yeah. fact that the vast majority of hospitalizations are people who have received at least two doses. So it's but but they won't they just won't let it go. We need more new jabs for a variant from two years ago. Right? This is something that Dr. Peter McCullough was saying from the very beginning. Yeah. When the very first COVID boosters were were released, they were targeting the original strain or maybe even the Delta strain. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, by the time we got to the boosters, that was no longer the dominant strain. It was the Omicron strain, apparently. By the way, I'm going to say as a side note, I only say these things and use this language because that's how we understand it. There's a part of me that throws all of it up in the air and say they have no idea about anything. The strands of this and that, I, compl- I disbelieve everything they say. But just <laughs> so we know what we're talking about, yeah, they were basically producing an injection for a strand of the virus that was gone it was no mm-hmm. longer a big deal and so this is one of the reasons why it causes immune uh negative immunity or as dr malone is called immune imprinting mm-hmm. so what you basically do and this this is what the jab this their study after study is showing this what the jabs do is well bef- let, let me give an analogy let's assume you're in a room And the room has four doors. And at any moment, a door could open and inside will come a number of thugs who will beat you up and rob you. Now, you don't know which door it's coming through. So what you'll probably do is stand in the middle of the room, kind of have your head on a swivel, always spinning around, keeping an eye out, listening, so that as soon as one of the door opens, you'll turn to that door to be able to defend yourself. Because you don't know, because there's four doors. Now, let's assume that you think... Well, I'm certain that they're going to come through this door, this one of the four doors. And so you take a couple steps closer, you focus all of your energy on that door, or you maybe back up from it to, you know, so I can have the most amount of reaction time because all your energy is focused on that door. What happens if the thugs come from one of the other doors? You're way less prepared. Your defenses are down, especially if it's the door right behind you. If you're certain they're coming in front of you and you back up all the way to the door behind you, as soon as that door opens, you're done. Right. And this analogy helps you understand that we like in this scenario, we only have so much focus, so much attention that we can devote to different areas. And so we either have to focus, try to focus on all the areas somewhat or kind of kind of hone in on one area. This is exactly what the injections have done. So by. By giving you an MRNA shot. It focuses on a previous strain, that is the equivalent of you only focusing on one door. So it teaches your immune system to hyper-focus on just the one door in front of you and pay no attention to the other doors or the other strains. So what does that inevitably do? It means that people who receive multiple jabs for previous strains of the virus are only focused, their immune systems are only focused on those previous strains, which means when your body comes in contact with a new or different strain, your immune system is less prepared and less able to deal with it, which is why you see people with multiple jabs who, when they get sick with COVID, it lasts longer And it's more severe this was a study in the it was i think it was in the lancet or the new england journal of medicine that we highlighted a while ago that dr malone highlighted on social media and he found that people who've received multiple injections of the shot when they contract covid it lasts for up to 28 days and it's much more severe whereas people who've never received a shot who either get COVID for the first time or who have natural immunity It only lasts for 7 to 10 days, and it's much, much, much less severe. So there's evidence, statistical evidence, that shows by getting these shots for older variants, it makes your immune system weaker, and it makes it so that you will be more negatively affected by the virus, which, by the way, if you're a conspiracy theorist like me, says it almost seems that by giving people more shots, you will see sicker people, You'll see more hospitalizations and it'll make it seem as if it's worse than it is. And that is the pretext for more shots and further mandates and restrictions. So that's I can't say for certain, but it seems like that might be might be an adequate explanation for why they would encourage people to take an injection that will make them weaker and more susceptible to newer strains of the virus which will then just continue to push the narrative further.
1: Yeah. It's absurd. Do not get the vaccines. COVID is not a thing. Stop letting them make it a thing. And shame on all the media that is letting it still be a thing. Why are they still pushing this? Fear mongering Mm -hmm. is at the heart of all of it.
0: And because in Canada, they're all state funded. That's why. Yep. All it's the simple. media, CTV, Global, CBC, it's all its all state-funded. It's all mm-hmm. state-funded. So question for our audience. What if there was a way to trade your resources and skills for whatever things you need and want without using money? Well, that's exactly what we have with Barter It, a web app where anyone can connect person to person and barter with each other. You don't have to keep track of who owes what, and you won't get the headaches that come with straight one-on-one bartering. Just create your profile on the Barter It web app, offer up your skills or products to earn bits in your private wallet, and use your bits with anyone else in the Barter It community. $1 Canadian is equal to 1 bit for valuation purposes. Head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter and click on Barter It for Individuals to learn more and sign up today. Become a VIP. And get fifteen hundred dollars worth of perks and bonuses, including one thousand bits, for only a hundred and ninety-seven dollars. Join the community today: LibertyCoalitionCanada.com dot slash barter. So the COVID narrative—they're not letting it go. Nope. <laughs> now we <laughs> wanted to, uh, yeah. And, and I was talking with my wife last night, and she said, "Well, when at some point, people are uh, enough is enough." Right, and we can see with each subsequent each subsequent uh, booster that's offered, you see less and less percentage of people taking it. Yeah. Now, I told her that's because they're not being forced to. I think that if you jack up the coercion and say, "Well, now you can't do these things again," you'll probably see a significant uptick in buy-in. But sure. it's but I told her they're probably just holding on to this as long as possible so that they can complete a seamless handoff from COVID to climate tyranny and LGBTQ (laughs) totalitarianism. So they're just, they're waiting. They're not quite ready yet. But so there's a bunch of other news we wanted to cover as well. uh, And we wanted to to draw to your attention. So the first one is Bill C-18, we now know has had its full effect and Canadian users on meta platforms such as Facebook and Instagram can no longer view any news articles. So if you live in Canada and you go on these Facebook pages, you will see the following. And if you're listening, we'll describe it for you. So here are screenshots from the Toronto Star, True North News, CNN, right? So here you have Canadian Pravda Media in the Toronto Star. Here you have an actual freedom-minded organization that's conservative-leaning in True North. And then you have American Pravda Media, which is CNN. And they all say, people in Canada can't see this content. And there are no posts available. Now, in the bottom right corner is a screenshot from our page. Now, most of our content is still available. However, if we have shared any news articles or if we have shared articles to videos or websites that mention news things in them, those are also blocked. So if you can see the small print there, the first thing that's blocked there is an article that we shared from Bull Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. And the second thing that's blocked is actually an episode from our rumble page so that's the link to the rumble page that's blocked it's probably something in the title of the video that flagged the algorithm so it is it is happening if you are in canada you will not be able to view these news items on facebook or instagram now that's i mean that that's
1: it's absurd. That's what. But so that's what uh, this law right. was intended to do. I honestly think yeah. they knew that the w- the changing in the standard that took place that's, that may, is so inane. So w- what we've talked about in in C eighteen would force self censorship and f- uh, you know self regulating f- in to a full extent of news content on the social media outlets which. Gives, the, uh, which takes them out of the marketplace, right? Social media is one aspect where the government can't control the dissemination of inf- information. So the idea is to just make the um, the regulation so onerous on social media and third-party platforms that they have to engage for their own well-being as platforms in this type of behavior.
0: Now Twitter still allows it so I'm curious to see how that plays out. Yeah. Cuz you can still you can still get all your news content and all the pages are still available on Twitter. Now I will I'll say here for our audience if you haven't already please make sure that you subscribe directly to our stuff. So sign up for our email list, subscribe to our Rumble channel and our podcast channels directly so you'll always get our content and you won't have to worry about accessing it from third-party sites. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. We would ask you to please consider supporting the work that we do so that we can keep bringing you a biblical worldview analysis of all things news and culture. We want to continue to inform and equip and strengthen Canadians and Christians to engage rightly and to understand the world rightly. So we need your help for that. It's also interesting to note, Matt, I did a little bit of an experiment And the news blocking, so regarding the news blocking, so what I did was I closed everything, like shut down my computer, I I turned on my computer, I switched on my VPN so that Mm -hmm. it was set to somewhere in the United States, and then I logged into my Facebook account, and then I changed my location. So I changed all my location information to that same city in the United States, Mm -hmm. shut it down again, and so I started up Facebook and I started it up with a VPN saying I'm in the States and with my actual location in Facebook saying that I'm in the States and it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Facebook still blocked the stories. Yeah. Now this seems to suggest, so for Facebook, I know what this means. Mm-hmm. It means that they're gathering information from other areas. So they're looking yes. at, if, uh, for example, all my recent searches on Facebook Marketplace have been in Canada. Mm-hmm. And all my postings on Facebook Marketplace have been in Canada. I don't check in anywhere, so that doesn't matter.
3: Mm-hmm. But if
0: they're ever pinging off the Wi Fi, it's Canada. So yeah. this means, so this might be an experiment. So maybe someone in our audience wants to do this if they have the time. The experiment would be if you're in Canada, t- turn on your VPN so you're in the States, create a brand new Facebook account, but create it so that you're in the States, so somewhere that matches the VPN. Create that account the, as, as if you're in the States and then see if you can access it. If you can, then that's the workaround. If you cannot. So if mm-hmm. no matter what you do, there's no way. This yeah. seems to suggest for me ominous things for future control and surveillance. Yeah. that If they can still figure out despite location change and VPN and everything we can do, if they're mm-hmm. still able to say, we know you're in Canada, you can't see it, that is a little bit worrying just a little
1: bit yeah and just with the prevalence of locations um tracking and services on all the various devices that we have um i'm sure there's plenty of sophisticated ways that companies like large companies like meta and google and and all these um places they can figure out uh ways to prevent you from working around those location services. So it is extraordinarily ominous uh, to see that that, uh, there's not an easy workaround in this case. Um, And it's extraordinarily nerve-wracking that on these major platforms that news sharing and news content in our nation has been totally squashed. And this is the fault of the Trudeau regime. They Um. want to play, put the, onus on the tech companies. I think we've done a good job in our previous episodes, Andrew, to show why that is not the case, that um, the government going through with this um, inane policy has directly led to these companies out of self-interest and fiduciary responsibility to the actual people they're responsible for um, engaging in this type of censorship. So that, that,
0: uh, that dovetails well into our next story, speaking about inane policies, right? As we mm-hmm. move on, it's clear that people who love evil also love death yes. and they hate the truth and they hate having their evil exposed. Now, wh- where's this coming from? Well, this comes to us from Rebel News. You may recall that Calgary City Council under the direction of wildly unpopular progressive mayor Jyoti Gondek recently passed a bylaw severely limiting the distribution of pro-life literature in the city particularly literature featuring graphic abortion victim photography. Abortion, yeah, it is abortion victim, that's right. Not wanting to be outdone, the town of Strathmore followed suit, but their restrictions are even more limiting, puzzling, and when taken at face value, even somewhat comedic. The bylaw instituted by Strathmore not only bans graphic abortion imagery, but also any image of a fetus defining even an ultrasound image of a healthy developing fetus as graphic it then goes on to expand the definition of fetus to include all developing unborn mammals now this is the official statement from the town of Strathmore council the town of Strathmore council has approved the community standards amending bylaw number 23 to 20, 23-27 regulating the unsolicited distribution of graphic images on July 19th, council received a presentation from a residence, sorry, from a resident who expressed concerns over the graphic imagery contained in anti-abortion flyers distributed door to door. Quote, this is an emotional subject for many. When you go door to door, you don't know if the homeowner has experienced a loss or if those materials could end up in the hands of a child. Requiring these type of pamphlets to be enclosed in opaque envelopes adds a layer of protection while still upholding the importance of allowing people the freedom to express their opinions. Mayor Pat, it's F-U-L-E. So I'm going to pronounce it fuel, even though it's or fool, even though it's fuel or fooly. So Mayor Pat Fool said, um, said people are still allowed to express their opinions, even though they're not. And we certainly can't let people see the truth of evil actions, so we need to hide them from it mm-hmm. uh, because we don't want them to know what's actually going on.
1: Well, as someone who was uh, formerly employed by CCBR, the Canadian Centre for Bioethical Reform, who actually engaged in not only the show, the public display of graphic imagery, but the, the type of door-to-door um, distribution of flyers, I will say that... Um, it's extraordinarily effective, and that's the reason they're going after these images, whether actually graphic or not. And what we always uh, talk to people uh, about when they raise the idea that oh, these are harmful um, graphic images, we always point to the fact that yes, exactly, because they show the uh, they actually show the violent destructive act of abortion. And I know, speaking for all all the people who have worked for CCBR, we don't glory and revel in bringing those images. Those are the images of victims of a violent act. We long for the day that that violent act would stop being done in our society, that there would be no longer those innocent victims um, subjugated to the violent, intentional destruction of their bodies. But if this image shows something graphic, how much more is the actual procedure that mm. leads to right. the dismemberment of these uh, innocent pre-born babies? That is what's being highlighted. Just in the way, um, when we look at the child labor movement, graphic imagery was used to great effect to show here's these innocent children with arms ripped off and torn apart because of working in uh, factories or they're, they're covered in soot and their bodies are disheveled because they're working in mines. All these things show the, the visual reality of the injustice of what is taking place. So rather than getting um, angry at the sign of what these are pointing to we ought to if we're thinking clearly as human beings get angry at the substance of what the sign is pointing to but a lot of people can't seem to understand that not because they don't understand that abortion is the intentional and direct killing of an innocent human being and it's violent in and of itself, but because they are ideologically committed to stopping, for, to forestalling the dissemination of true pictures and true documentary evidence of just how violent abortion is even so far as stopping the the distribution of graphics that show a, a living human being developing. Why? Because mm-hmm. the implication is, if you get an abortion at this le- level of development, this is the 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 human being that you're killing and in, in their development. So, mm-hmm. it, their inane policies. I'm not surprised, um, given the fact that CCBR has done such great work, especially in Calgary and around Alberta, that these are laws are coming into effect there. And I know it's things that are trying to be implemented across the nation but what really needs to be outlawed in our nation is not the the sign of the thing mm. that is going on in our society but the actual act of directly intentionally right. killing preborn human beings and that's what we have to as freedom loving Canadians understand that the most basic fundamental freedom is the right to life upon without which no other freedoms matter they're all superfluous so If we're stepping on your toes as a supposed freedom-loving Canadian citizen by saying that abortion ought to be outlawed in our society, well, you don't understand the basic building blocks of what actually Mm -hmm. freedom is and what liberty ought to be, which is the pursuit of virtue. So anyways... Andrew, another story that we need to cover. Several episodes again, ago, we mentioned Bill 98, which is passed in Ontario. It required school boards to adopt codes of conduct and appoint integrity commissioners commissars to investigate any breaches of that code and issue sanctions accordingly we suggested that the breaches would only go one way punishing people who do not support woke ideologies turns out get this we were right and the inquisition has begun this comes to us from CK News. Today, quote, a Chatham Kent counselor will find out Monday evening if she will lose three months' pay after the municipality's integrity commissioner found she breached council's code of conduct. The integrity commissioner, Mary Ellen Bench, made the recommendation saying Ward 4 counselor Rhonda Jubinville made social media posts to intimidate and bully her critics in order to silence them regarding flag raisings. A report going before the CK Council said 90 days is the maximum penalty Jubenville can receive. The Juvenville investigation cost taxpayers approximately $13,300, and the bench started to... Investigate in April 2023 after, quote, many public complaints were received about Jubinville's views on flying flags on municipal property when the group called uh, Life in Motion described at... As the educational arm of right, the Right to Life Kent um, organization was denied its request to raise a flag. So there you have it, Andrew. The school board trustee was asking if we raise the pride flag on municipal buildings, why can't we also raise a pro life flag? And if we can't raise a pro life flag, we shouldn't also be able to raise these ideological neo-Marxist flags called the pride progress flags. Yet for this egregious suggestion on social media, we no longer obviously have freedom of speech in this country. She stands to lose three months pay because she ran afoul, afoul of the integrity, integrity commissioner in on, in her jurisdiction in Ontario And that is. I think
0: this is going to be the first of many very soon because Bill ninety eight only passed within the last few months. Yes, in Ontario, this, in my estimation, will be the first of many stories like this. Many stories of people, whether it's something they said during a board meeting, or something they posted on social media, or something else, will be taken to be seen as a breach of the code of conduct, and then the integrity commissioner will issue sanctions. Mm That this. I'm I'm quite convinced that this will be happening more and more and more so someone might be asking the question well what is the uh, what's the answer to this right so so some might say the answer is well this is why we need to flood school boards with good solid Christians to take it over now that it, 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 in I'm sympathetic to that mm. that position because, Right. We don't just want to hand this over and then have these woke boards and integrity commissioners snuffing out opposition. Mm -hmm. But there's another part of me that says the system is so corrupt. Let it burn down. Take your kids out of government funded schools. Like I don't like what's the why are we still why are we still trying like I would never send my kids to a state funded Mm -hmm. Marxist indoctrination center. Yeah because it's so captured and corrupt the thing is so decrepit and mm. and eroded that it's beyond it's beyond it's beyond salvation. Yeah it and we have to
1: saved. under we have to understand Andrew like the absurdity of bill 98 is they've essentially s- leaving the appointment of school board trustees to the de- democratic p- process was egregious to mm-hmm. these bureaucrats in Ontario. So they needed to set up a system where override they
0: override parents and yes, they vote, yeah. where they could
1: uh, create a overarching bureaucracy that could nullify the desires of ordinary Canadian citizens in their municipalities, in their specific school districts to impose in a top down measure their codes of morality. With an and, unelected integrity commissioner, by the way. Ex- which is ex- unbelievable. Exactly, so they hate you. Like these right. people actively hate you. So they, the hate Ontario the government, you yeah. they hate the way you they hate your the, children. And you're still sending them
0: yeah. to school. The, the Ontario government has said to parents, we don't care what you think about what's best for your children. Mm-hmm. And we don't care about the people that you vote in to represent you. Yes. We will do what we think is best for your children. And yes. we will raise them the way we think is best. And if anyone opposes that, we'll punish them. If there were ever another bit of evidence to te- to, to, to reveal, it is time to pull your kids out altogether. Mm-hmm. This would be it. And so I keep in I mind, Andrew. Choose, keep in I mind
1: the choose. context, the political context. This is an overwhelming yep. conservative majority in Ontario. These things, mm-hmm. these woke policies, these woke uh, procedures, these overarching uh, commissars uh, from the government are being implemented by supposed mm-hmm. conservative majority governments.
0: Yep i wonder what the christian mp's and mpp's have to say i wonder what uh i wonder what fellows like sam Oosterhoff and Will Bausma have to say yeah, yeah. and uh, and uh, and arnold viersen i wonder what their thoughts are on bill 98 will they mm-hmm. will they say that's bad because parents need to have i mean probably not probably not but this so it really it, 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 if you have two choices if the choice is between okay let's focus our energy and try to let's redeem the, the school board and the education system mm-hmm. or let's just focus entirely on educating our children through homeschool or classical Christian school. Friends, don't don't waste your energy on the former if you if you only have so much energy. Mm-hmm. If you only have so much time, you need to do what's best for your children, which is not send them here. You need to just let the ship sink and mm-hmm. uh, and and train your kids up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Or at least delegate that responsibility or delegate that. to share
1: the same world. To, to to those,
0: yeah, not, don't yeah, delegate the of. responsibility, but be responsible by delegating a portion of that to those yeah. who are like-minded and qualified in the in the real sense. So yeah, Bill 98, in effect, I think we're going to see more and more of this coming soon enough. Separating money from the state is a core tenet of Bitcoin's ethos, a permissionless network where the individual is in full control and accountable for his own property. Bull Bitcoin, Canada's most trusted exchange since 2013, is built around this ethos and leverages it in its mission to end central banks forever. At Bull Bitcoin, where security and privacy are priority, they take it upon themselves to help empower individuals with the most potent form of money the world has ever known. Head to mission.bullbitcoin.com/lcc today and get started with your account's creation contact bulls best in the business customer support team at any point throughout the process to request assistance mission.bullbitcoin.com lcc take control of your money
1: well here we are andrew this marks the segment of our podcast where we get into The Mailbag questions, comments, concerns from our listeners. We love doing this section, despite some of the spicy takes, (laughs) despite sometimes having to give a polemic of where we're at. We do really, really appreciate the feedback from our listening and viewing audience. Uh, So if you want to get in on The Mailbag, be sure to reach out to us, mailbag at Canada. Dot com. Please send us an email today so we can get one of your questions, comments, or concerns highlighted on an episode of The Dispatch. And today, Andrew, I'm very pleased to say this is a really positive mailbag um, because mm-hmm. it um, it shows how effective ordinary Canadian citizens getting engaged in the political process like we've talked about over and over again on our program, can be. And that doesn't mean you have to run for prime minister or run for premier or go for elected office. Getting involved and letting your MPP, MLA, whatever it might be, your municipal um, representatives know that you're an informed citizen who's going to hold them to account. It's so important for Christians to do. We need to do these sorts of things in our um, community. So this comes to us from Elizabeth and she writes the following, Andrew, I've been listening to your podcast and programs, and I am thankful that you are encouraging conservative Christians to speak up. This is my first attempt to let my voice be heard attached. You will find Tim's letter to us and my letter back to him. You That's mentioned
0: him up Who's the MPP or the MP in her writing.
1: Absolutely. So you mentioned on yesterday's podcast about getting to know your MP and MLA personally, that may be my next step. So here's a portion of the letter, which was sent to us with permission to share and I'll read it. And then Andrew, you can give some, some comments afterwards. Dear Mr. Uppall, thank you for working so hard for Canadians uh, behalf against liberal uh, the liberal and the NDP coalition. We believe you are correct that everything feels broken. However, we are not quite ready to give you a pat on the back and a well done. There is more to be done than ever. Or then even your letter outlines. You see, Tim, you stand as one halfway up a mountain that is having a landslide. Though you stand strong, the momentum of what is occurring above you is pushing you over, and the end result is only partially effective. We need more from you and from the rest of the conservative party." Please take a few steps up the decaying mountain. No, stand on top of this mountain and build barriers so that no more decay can occur at all. Continuing, we're going to reference the Holy Bible several times in this letter. Why? Because Canada was built upon a biblical framework recognizing the God who made the world and who established it according to simple and practical principles that simply still apply today. This is the key to having Canada be strong and free again. Though you may have a different God or gods that you serve, which we respect, the creator gods principles still need to be utilized in every area of life and government. So she goes on to to say Uh, to address uh, Tim Upple's main points and critiques them using verses of scripture to defend her position. Beautiful. She criticizes him for saying nothing about the murder of freeborn babies. And then she closes with this. Good job, Elizabeth Uh, quote, we are not only praying for you to accept Jesus, but also that you your second in command or assistant be a follower of Jesus and one who is familiar with the Bible and its principles we are praying that for every leader uh, we are praying that for every leader of the conservative party of Canada our last question for you again from the Bible he has told you O man what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. That is from Micah 6 8. So that is a beautiful example, Andrew, of a Christian with conviction confronting their elected representative with the truth of Scripture. Not cowering, not being haughty and abrasive, but being bold and prophetic and presenting their elected representative with the unvarnished truth of the word of God and letting that bring whatever fruit that the Lord seeks to bless it. That is a beautiful example of what more Christians, nay, every Christian ought to do in our society and how much different our society would look if our voice was heard in that way.
0: Yeah, so I I have several thoughts. The first one is this is an example of how christians can engage in the political arena without running for office so everyone can talk contact their mps or their mpps or their mlas and ask them questions about their policies and questions about what they want to do and how they want to govern they can also hold them accountable they can write letters like this you can meet them for coffee you can send emails right you can you can call them up so these are ways that you can engage the other way that you can engage, again, is there are Christians who will actually run for various levels of politics, and then other Christians who can support them by helping with their campaign, door knocking, handing out flyers, attending rallies and protests. There are all these different ways that everyone can be involved. Another way that people can be involved, again, depending on their life stage and availability, is they can support it by praying, by encouraging, by spreading the word, by financially supporting those who are running campaigns, cost money to run and to run effectively, so there really is no reason why Christians should not be engaging in the political sphere in some way. And a letter like this is good. You hold your representative accountable. And ideally, what you'll do is you'll expose what they actually think about these things. So I, I as of yet, I don't know if Tim has responded to her. If he does, I'm sure she'll let us know. But hopefully, in getting a response, you'll be able to determine, one, you know what, this is someone I can vote for. Or two this is someone i can no longer support. now my suspicion would be as it relates to the conservative party in canada whether it's federal or provincial that you cannot vote for a single one of them. none zero any one of them period. doesn't matter whether they say they're a christian or not because they have supported bill 98 because they supported bill 100 because they are in the process of supporting Bill 16, which is the racial equity in the education system bill in Ontario, because they were silent and offered unanimous support of Bill C4. Because when the provincial conservatives had their Pride Month pro-LGBT, no conservative spoke out against it and said, we don't support this, this is wrong. So they are compromised and captured by woke ideology. They are liberals in blue. And hopefully writing letters like this expose the fact that certain people cannot be voted for and cannot be supported. It's also worth noting that Elizabeth did ask me personally for connections to both the Christian Heritage Party and the PPC in her writing so she could look them up. So clearly she's thinking along the right lines that you cannot be casting a vote in support of the big four parties. But that that's a byproduct of doing this. You expose what's going on and you get clarity. So you know who to vote for and who to, who to support. But this is a good example. Anyone can write a letter like this. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth is not a pastor. Elizabeth is not, you know, to the best of my knowledge, not a university English professor. <laughs> she's, not, she's not someone who carries a tremendous amount of, clout and authority and weight and power in her area she is a concerned citizen that understands that a world is best governed when it's done so according to biblical principles and she holds her representatives to account because whether they know it or not they are god's servant and they are required to serve and lead the way that god commands them to and when they don't they are to be held accountable for it. So this, mm-hmm. I hope that this is an encouraging example of something you can do. Anyone can write a letter like this mm-hmm. to their MPs or their MPPs, ask some tough questions and see where they land on these issues.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just want to point out to to our listeners, it, it's very interesting to me um, that it's people like Elizabeth that we're trying to encourage to get active, but it's also people like Elizabeth that are elites across the country in powerful political offices. They despise, they hate, they disdain, they don't want to hear from Elizabeth uh, and people like her. Um, that's why they, the, the idea of using like populism is such a bad term. I actually don't agree with, you know, isms that are not uh, th- that are not attached to a biblical worldview i I believe in a system that has checks and balances and that includes even checking democratic passions um, none of the systems despite us always using the term democracy that have led to the most flourishing prosperous societies have been direct democracies because of the passions that run wild therein uh, we believe in you know a more federalistic, um, conservative, constitutional, Republican kind of idea of mm-hmm. of society. Uh, but it's interesting to me, Andrew, that what the charter inevitably kind of in essence did in the 80s is it really changed Canadian um, law and the structure of the the supreme voice in Canadian law from one of having what some people termed as parliamentary supremacy. So the legislative branch of the government had the most power. And obviously, if we understand that the legislature is the representative of the people, what are we saying? Well, the people had the supremacy to direct and control the direction of their country under the pre- charter regime. But after the charter, what many have rightfully pointed out, we no longer have parliamentary supremacy in our uh, legal structure of Canadian society, but now we have judicial, judicial supremacy in our nation. Now we have a society that is It puts the weight and the emphasis and the power in the hands of a relatively small elite that are far distant from most Canadian citizens in controlling and directing the future of our nation. That's the very thing that I think to its core is anti-democratic. So despite, I think, democracy full bloomed being contra uh, a a biblical framework of government, um, it, it... it, it is actually contrary to the very nature of a, a biblical view of actually having citizens partake in, and hold their elected officials um, to account in meaningful ways in, mm-hmm. in, in a system of representative um, democracy, representative constitutional um, governance. So I just want to point that out. Kudos to Elizabeth. Elizabeth. We need more of this. And we need Mm -hmm. parties who are going to enfranchise Canadian citizens, not just by allowing them to vote for their next dictator for the next four or five years or however long to the next election. No, but enfranchising them by giving the power and the voice to them that they can hold people accountable, that they are encouraged to partake in the political process for the glory of God. That's the type of enfranchisement that we need to encourage. That's the type of enfranchisement and accountability that, True pol- politicians ought to be looking for from their constituents. And that's the very same thing that we see over and over and over again that the elites in the political uh, spheres of power and influence in our society hate the most. Yeah. But if we hate that, We have to continue to be like Elizabeth and speak up and speak out. So hopefully this Mailbag session has been one of encouragement to our listening and viewing audience that if you get involved, if you make your voice heard, it can make a difference. And don't stop there, Elizabeth. Keep pushing. If Tim doesn't respond to you, keep engaging with him. Keep reaching out. Don't be uh, put in, uh, uh aside that easily um so anyways we really love bringing in these programs as andrew said we will be uh just playing more evergreen type content for you over the next two weeks. We look forward to hearing from you, engaging with some of your questions, comments, and concerns on the other side of this break that's coming up. And we hope that you really do have a wonderful time in these dog days of summer leading into the school year and full, you know, the full work schedule where life all starts up again, seemingly in Canada. So we, do appreciate you listening we do appreciate your comments and feedback and we do want to see you to continue engage in the political sphere all for the glory of god because it's for freedom christ to set you free stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery till next time
0: thanks for tuning in to liberty dispatch a united front
1: to restore liberty and justice in canada please subscribe to our podcast and rumble channel as well as visit our website at
3: www.LibertyCoalitionCanada.com.
1: When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company.
0: Like super woke. When I grow up. When I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like.
1: Rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my co-workers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery,